Actually, we should always read the translation when we're doing that. So, for my dear Lord Garanga, please show your mercy to this lowly and destitute soul. Oh Lord, there is no one more fallen than myself in all the three worlds. Holding grass between my teeth, O oh Lord Kora, I'm calling out to you now. Please become compassionate upon me and reside in the temple of my heart. If you do not give your mercy, seeing how fallen I am, then why are you known as Petit Pavana, the merciful savior of the fallen? I am plunged amidst the violent, hurricane-stricken waves in the ocean of this material world from which there is no escape. Kindly give me the gift of your divine lotus feet, which are compared to a boat in which your servant may cross the ocean of birth and death. Naratam Das, the servant of the servant of Lord Chaitanya, Sri Krishna, Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu, ceaselessly prays, makes this prayer. Okay. So we will do the, we'll do the next verse, which is verse three. And it's the last class. So we'll also finish this story. And maybe I really even haven't finished the last story and we'll all put it all in context and we'll take the retreat home. And I probably need a drum roll to accomplish all that, but, and uh, welcome my Sunday Sangha. I, I have an online class at this time every Sunday and every um, Wednesday. So we have a nice group maybe for 12 years or more. And including one of the original members is here. Yeah. <laughs> Gail had, had, had listened to, this was even 10 years ago, had, had listened to and come to so many of my classes and asked thousands and upon thousands and upon thousands of questions. I'm a creative like speaker, so I apply philosophy and, and you know, sometimes a creative idea. And I, 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 my forte is I like everything to be logic, logical. But if I skip like a hair of logic, and I know practically I'm the only one who knows that I just jump <laughs> this little part, and then I ask questions and it's scale and she says, what about this? <laughs> so one time at my birthday, there was a comedy routine. There were professional comedians. And they did this comedy routine where people ask, where they set it up so the, the answer is given and the audience has to give the questions. So the first one was, you're not the body. And someone buzz, what does Michael Jackson realized? <laughs> then the next one was, 
a place where devotees congregate to glorify the holy name, one of the airports. <laughs> then devotional markings all over your body to indicate you're a devotee of the Lord. What a tattoos. <laughs> and then 108. And, and, and the rhyme was, how many more questions does Gail have to ask Dhanadhar Swami before he wishes she had become a Catholic instead of a devotee? He's married to a Catholic. So. Birthday wish? What? <laughs> so nice to see you here, Gail. Lies. Nice to see you. Okay. So reading from the Srimad <clears throat> Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 46, Text 4. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Kanman Manasak Matrana Mat Arte Yaktadahika. Mameva dietam preshtam atmanam manasagata yetakvaloka dharmascha madarte tat vibharmyaham. The minds of those gopis, this is Krishna speaking to Uddhava, because you remember he's giving it a, a message and he chose Uddhava because Uddhava had these qualities, because this was the most confidential message Krishna is giving his heart and he has to he wants to share it with someone and he needs a, a messenger to do that who is able to not only share it you'll see at the end of the story he not only shares the message but he 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 pacifies them and, and he actually stays in Vrindavan to relieve their suffering and then Uddhava is actually going to all the different holy places and saying to the gopis, and what happened here, and what happened here, and what happened here. And then also explaining Soma, because he's Bodhisattva, he's the supremely intelligent person, and he's uh, Sishya, Rihaspati Shakshat, the direct disciple of, of the the guru of the demigods, and he's um, Sakha Dayata Krishnasya. He's the most beloved friend of Krishna, and he is Vrishinam Pravara Mantri, Mantri advisor. Sri Govind, you're a good Mantri. You're a good mantra, you're a good advisor. So, so Krishna picks him to deliver this confidential message because of all of Dwarka. He's Pravaha Mantri, the top mantra, counselor, advisor, wisdom person. And he's this close devotee. And now he's telling 
you know, who he's giving the message to. Because communication doesn't just mean speaking the truth. It means having the truth understood. And to have the truth understood, you have to understand what is the language of your audience. And I'm not just talking whether it's French or German or English or Hindi or Bengali. In the same language, people understand words in different ways. One time I was giving a class and it was about surrender. And I was trying to explain that it's not going to be well, be well translated into English. And then there was this one person who always come to my class. A very, un, a, a very wonderful person, uh, Satya Hari. And he was a, um, one of the first disciples of Yogi Bhajan, but also initiated Gaudiya Vaishnava. And he was also quite learned. And he said that his teacher says that, you know, it's, it's hard to translate words because words get impregnated with the history of their use. So communication is, is, is um, Prabhupada actually said something about communication that's really pertinent. He said that communication means realization and realization means a depth of understanding because what communication entails is taking a message and then not repeating it exactly as perhaps you heard and understood it, but changing the form to accommodate the language or the psychology or frame of reference of the audience without losing the meaning. And if you don't have that depth of understanding, you'll, you'll change the meaning, you'll do one of two things. You'll keep it in the same form, even though no one else can understand what that means or you'll change the form and lose the meaning. So now Krishna says, I'm giving you this message, but he wants to say why he's giving this message and who's he giving this message to. And Omegana Timarandasya, Yananjana Shavakaya, Chaksur Vipalitam Yena, Tazmai Sri Gurave Namaha, Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam, Stapitam yena bhutale, sayam rupa katamayam dadati sa patantikam, vanshakalpa tarubhyascha, kripa sindhu vayevacha, patitanam pavane vyo, vaishnave vyo. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda, Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasade Gaur Bhaktaranda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Hare. So, I don't have much time and I have a lot to put in. So, I have to think very carefully how to really give the essence. But just to bring it back to the context, I had two stories. And I picked the stories because they have something very similar about them. And what's similar about both the stories is they're probably the best stories in the Bhagavatam that indicate the highest level of love and therefore the highest level of consciousness. And 
we went to that story of Ramananda Roy. We really didn't get to uh, summarize it in, in a way, but when he asked that question, give a verse to explain the ultimate truth, he really wanted the, the, the topmost expression of love and reality. And it's an incredible story that, and he kept, he was rejecting verses that normally we would revere. He, he gave a verse, Sarva Dharma Pritya Mame Kam Sharanam Hum Tvam And he rejected it as the ultimate verse. Ehobaya, why? Because it's dealing about giving up renunciation. And renunciation is external to the soul. The soul is dedication, the soul is love. So it's, it's a beautiful concept, but he wanted something higher. And he kept on going and going. And then he described this verse. It finally culminated in this verse where Radha and Krishna's hearts are so melted in love that they're not even cognizant of their self. That's how much they are absorbed. And when you gave the nice definition of avesh, I know Jai Jagannath likes to use the word avesh, which, which, one of, which is absorption. And, and, and you gave a more a literal meaning that indicated even a higher degree of absorption, which is called possessed. Just completely, not just absorbed, overwhelmed. So that's the goal. And in one sense, if there is a God, why shouldn't absorption in love be the ultimate reality? And why shouldn't be that's why shouldn't that objective be what ultimately we want to um, enter in one sense? Understanding also by our philosophy that love is the essence, love, universal love, love of Krishna is the essence of the Ladini Shakti, the pleasure potency. And we're seeking that happiness. So it's absorption. And then in this story, where, where this Uddhava, this special person is going to deliver this message to the gopis, he sees that level of absorption. He sees this high level of absorption in Srimati Radharani. She is possessed. She is possessed to such a degree that even when Krishna is not there, she is seeing Krishna. So the relevance to us is that's the goal. It's also the practice. The practice is absorption. And bhakti sanjayate bhakti. When you become absorbed in love, it increases love. And that's our practice, to be absorbed. So these stories indicate that, and they give us our, and, and it's so important to have a priyogena or a goal, because all practices are dependent on your goal. And our priyogena is not just understanding God, but actually 
feeling God. And feeling God is feeling our relationship with God. Like a child, the, the goal of the child, the relationship with the mother is not just to understand, oh, yes, I'm getting milk. Um, she loves me. This must be my mother. It's the feeling of motherhood. So our, we, we have a, a fundamental, it's so important to have a philosophical basis of Krishna consciousness. We should understand the goal. When we have that understanding, then we'll also have that feeling, that deep feeling, which is pretty, which uh, Sundar Gopal, you also said is friendship, but it's love, that feeling. And, and, you know, and when I heard, and it, it actually it may have been feeling I am March for all I know, but when, when he gave that simple understanding of prema as an energy between two people in relationship. And that's what we're trying to experience. That's really what we want. <clears throat> that's why we want <clears throat> a relationship with the holy name. What does that mean? A feeling of love. That's our goal. That's our preojana. And it's very, very interesting when the Bhagavatam is summarized by, by Lord Brahma at the beginning of creation. And, he, and, he, and he, he summarizes what is our philosophy in three categories that all philosophical systems fit, up, fit, up, fit under. There must be a conception of reality and a valid meaning, means to know it's true. And there must be a means of realizing that reality. That's called Abide again. And there must be a description of the goal of doing so. Any philosophy can be divided in those categories. When those categories are described by, Lord, by Krishna to Lord Brahma at the beginning of creation, he describes first the description of reality, which is Krishna and Krishna's energies. But he doesn't describe the means to realize it. He describes the goal next. And then he describes the means. Because you have to have an objective. So priyogena is important. And what is that priyogena that's described? The priyogena that's described, what Prem Bhakti is described, is a complete absorption and seeing Krishna inside and outside of everywhere. That's the ultimate reality. So... Um, and in one sense, the, the, the retreat is organized like that, in a sense, because we are connecting the Priyogena to the Abhideya. We want to practice. We want determination to achieve a goal. But we have to have some goal. And how do we have that goal? We have to have some experience of it. We have to have some experience of that goal. And therefore, I said at the very beginning, and I think uh, proudly I can say, proudly I can say that I think our objectives are, are, are achieved, that the, 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 the goal of the retreat 
is faith. And we describe that as um, trust by experience. Faith is our goal. And our goal is, is, is to have that prema, to have that. So you have to have some experience of it. And that's called shraddha. It all begins with a drop of that that lets you know, I appreciate that this is good. And then as we describe, or Rupa Goswami describes as the prema, the experience of, of, of that seed of prema grows, our objectives become, our objective, we increase the, the our objectives from it's so good I want to be with the people. It's so good I want to make the pra I want to pr practice have the practices to achieve achieve it. It's so good I want to give up those things that have no value to it. It's so good that I want to do it all the time and be fixed. It's so good that I'm actually getting a taste for it. The practices. It's so good I'm addicted to the to the objective then it's so good that my heart completely melts. And then it's so good that there's nothing else in the consciousness. So this is about giving a faith, this experience, making it our goal. So I think in that sense, the retreat has been, um, from the feedback I get, I think it's been successful. I think we've gotten that experience. And how did we get that experience? By evasion, by absorption. In the, in the morning, chanting Japa, coming to class, class in the evening, associating with devotees. And we get that experience. It, 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 our heart begins to have those feelings. With that realization, this is good. <laughs> Look at all the things we work for when we have faith in a goal. So we have to get that faith in the goal. And that's the purpose of the retreat. Now, now we'll go and finish our last story. Um, so now Krishna's saying who I'm giving this message to. And I want you to note the words. It's, you don't have to be a Sanskrit scholar, but as you read the Bhagavatam, the words I would say have a certain flavor of love. That just repeating them, they touch your heart. So how's Krishna describing the gopis? Mat manasaka. Their minds Man, manasaka, mud. Their minds, their minds in me. And prana, their lives are fixed in me. Just like in the Bhagavad Gita when Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur, uh he analyzes one of the main verses in the Bhagavad Gita which describes a Vaishnav society, machita, matkata, prana, bodhiyantas paratsparam, bodhiyas, bodhiyas paratsparam, exchanging 
A devotee is what? Machita is mine. Krishna's is mine. Machita is gold. Machita, Machita, Prana is life. And in Vishnu Chakrabarti Thakur said, it's like food. It's his food. It's what he lives for. And I think when we come to these, these retreats, that becomes a reality. When you begin to taste what bhakti is, feels like, the experience. I, I remember when I went to the Kumbha Mela uh, uh, 40 years ago or something, and it was such an experience bathing in the Trivani. And it was very cold in the morning. And I get up and I just have my blanket wrapped around me and I go and it's freezing. And you go, Shh. And then you go, and then there was Mongol Arctic. And I, I felt in that Mongol Arctic, I felt like a cow from Vrindavan. And what's a cow from Vrindavan? That when they hear, you explaining this, when they hear Krishna's flute, and what is Krishna's flute? Krishna's flute is amplifying their love, just like what is kirtan, when the bob in the heart is expressed by the discipline of music. That's kirtan. Without the bob in the heart, there's not kirtan. And that comes, Krishna's flute, it's when the bob in his heart is expressed by the discipline of music to such a way that that, that sound is his love, and, it, and, and it's his love for the devotees. So when Krishna blows his flute, and if you're in Krishna's pastimes, what you may hear is, just put your name, I love you. You'll hear that in your ear from Krishna. So when, when you're doing kirtan, you're, you're hearing Krishna's flute and the response is kirtan. The coward boys, when, they, when, when, when the, when the, when the, um, when, when the, when the we, Krishna's taking the cows to the forest, they have drums. They, they find these shiny leaves off of the tree and they roll them up and they can play them as trumpets. And they're doing kirtan, but they're hearing, each one is hearing Krishna saying, I love you. And the cows are hearing that too. That's what the spiritual world is like. It's that relationship you always wanted that's perfect. <laughs> it's that perfect relationship with this perfect reciprocation and you hear sincerely from the person it's not like I gave my whole life to you and this is all it's no if you hear from that person you have that ultimate love and attraction for you hear constantly with that flute his affirmation of that relationship and the cows also. So their ears, it's such nectar, or as they say in my local vernacular, nectar. It's such nectar, nectar. It's such nectar that their, their, their ears go up because they're, they're just afraid it's gonna like overpour. They don't want it to. to. So I, I remember this is, we have these experiences in spiritual life, I remember this. And after bathing in the Trivani and going to Mangalartik and, and one of the great Iskand Kirtaniyas was singing. 
And I wanted, I, I, I actually tilted my head to the side because I felt it was Goloka, Premadan, Harinam, Sankirtan. I felt it was coming from the spiritual world. So this is, so Krishna is talking about his devotees. And he said, Mat Arte, for my sake, Arte means value, not for for my value, Krishna says, what are you doing for my value? Then, Chakva, Dohika, you gave up everything for me. You gave up everything for me, for me alone. And therefore, Dayatam Preshta. Preshta means the, the Dearmost, dietum, the dietum preshta, the dearmost dietum. Preshta, the dearmost dietum, beloved. You're the dear, for me now, you are the dearmost beloved because of that. And I personally sustain such devotees. See, he goes, and, and it, it's just, and he said they're overwhelmed by, the, by this separation of re remembering me, and therefore you give this message. So now he knows the mission, and he knows the consciousness of the people that he somehow has to deliver this very difficult message that I'm not coming right now. And he knows they're only living on the thread and hope of his promise that he said, I will return. Because when they followed him out, actually, Lord Chaitanya, if you look in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, <clears throat> we know the story is that God wanted to experience, to become complete. He wanted to experience the topmost love of his topmost devotee at the height of her love. So there's certain pastimes, and one of the pastimes is is when Akura took the resonance of Vrindavan, took Krishna from Vrindavan, and the gopis were, were, were following until they just stood stunned. They had no life. Their, their life, this is their mood. Krishna's my life. Without Krishna, I have no life. What is it? Sunyam, um, Dukkha, Sunyam, Sunyam dukkha taptam. Dukkha means suffering and taptam means burning. You put them together, it means tormented. They were tormented in separation. And now he has this message <clears throat> and he goes to Vrindavan and he has two missions. Um, please my parents and relieve the separation of the gopis. 
So when he comes, and Uddhav is the topmost devotee, and he comes, and he's very beautiful, and he looks like Krishna, and he's dressed in Krishna's garments. And as you mentioned, the, the consciousness can sometimes change color. You can become red with rage, green with envy, blue with depression, pale with fright. Lord Chaitanya also, it's, the, it's Krishna in, in, in the mood of Radha and other changes. So Uddhava, his color changed. He became, he became Krishna's color. And he happened to be Krishna's cousin because his father was, was, was the brother of Vasudev. So, that, so he has that and he, and he comes and Nandamaraj sees him. And of course, there's culture. They greet him. People massaged his feet. They offered him some food. Culture. Not even a great person. But in Sanskrit, the word for guest is a titi bhagavan. The guest is God. It's such a nice culture. Just to prevent that consciousness, what we're talking about material consciousness. I am the center, and that can happen. <clears throat> I am the center, and this is my house, and, and this is my eternal residence. These are my eternal associates. It's so material life is just so much putting one in, in that consciousness in a proper culture. Very important thing is how you treat guests. Takes you out of that consciousness, how you deal with money. That's why yesterday was so nice. Charity. Charity is, it, 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 if there's two things for a grihasta specifically to become pure, it's charity and responsibility. We're embodied. You know, I explain, I'm writing, actually, I was finishing my Monday morning greetings about the, I was writing about the false ego. And what the false ego is, is at the time of your last life, Krishna, <clears throat> through his energies, analyzes what you need next. He sees your desires, he sees your past deeds, and then decides what you need next. And it's another body. And how do you identify with the body? There's this element called a hunkar. And if you look at it, it's almost like a funnel that delimits the consciousness to the particular body you have to identify with that. So it's so easy to fortify that conception as you're in house, as you're in family, as your guru, as your Maharaj, so many things, everything's fortifying that conception. So proper culture gives you different tools to prevent you from sinking deep into the consciousness that embodies you into karma. And one of the ways is, is, is charity. You earn money, but you give some of the fruits to God. And by seeing, by giving the fruits to God, you start to see things as gods. What is Maya? Maya is the illusion that something separate from God. So what you do by, by taking the fruits that you get and giving things to God, this is karma yoga, you start seeing things as God. You start becoming out of illusion. <clears throat>
And Atiti Bhagavan, the guest is God. The guest is God. So it's not just Uddhava, but, but, but especially Uddhava. And then they begin to inquire from him. And, and Nanda Maharaj begins to explain to Uddhava about Krishna and how he killed all these different demons. And what he's actually saying is, he's killed all these different demons. So why is he killing us? By, 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 by not being present before us. And then Mother Yasoda, it's so unusual because they have this culture of Atiti Bhagavan, especially the woman of the house. It represents that. And she doesn't say anything. Because she actually hasn't talked to anyone since Krishna left. She hasn't seen anything since Krishna left. <clears throat> hundreds and hundreds of people were trying to pacify her. They had absolutely no success. She practically couldn't see something because the tears from her eyes were just constantly coming. So she couldn't even see Uddhava. She couldn't even look at Uddhava. And then Uddhava starts to try to pacify Nanda Maharaj. And then he looks at him and he sees, my God, Krishna left so long ago. And what is the level of his devotion? And he's still feeling it as acutely as it was tomorrow. As yesterday, he's still in that absolute abject feelings of separation. Completely. And then he looks around and he sees, wow, it looks like these cobwebs have been there forever. And look at all those pots. They still haven't been washed. This is so unusual. Look at his separation. And Uddhava was what? He was Dayata Sakha Dayata that the, the most beloved friend of Krishna, I'm the most beloved friend of Krishna. I, I've left Krishna. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling separation. I have his order. But this is after so many years, doesn't it? The, the, the separation becomes pacified somewhat over the year. But there's, he's, he looks at Nanda Maharaj and says, you're such a devotee. I'm not a devotee. And Nanda Maharaj says, you think that I'm a devotee? You call, you're like a, a foolish child. You're calling me a devotee. Dasarath is a devotee. Because when Ram left, Dasarath died. I'm still living. I'm not a devotee. How can you call me a devotee? Of course, this was the emotion of experiencing death, wanting death, but loving Krishna so much that I was, I, I, it would be too painful for him if he heard about this. And then what happened is he kept on explaining. And then he became very philosophical because sometimes to pacify a deep emotional state, you got to give someone some perspective. So he tried to give him some perspective, some philosophical perspective. 
But the reason he gave him a philosophical perspective was very interesting. Because he felt that this intimate love, it's called vipralamba. Vipralamba really, it's only in Vrindavan. It's the separation from intimate love. You may love a master and your master dies. But if your son dies, if your lover dies, parents die. So it's the separation from intimate love. And he thought that type of separation was going to kill him. So he said, let me bring him to, let me bring some Aishvarya, some sense of, of, of God's position here. Because it, it, that love, he may be able to survive. But the love that Krishna is my son in separation, that'll kill him. Let me, so he starts trying to pacify him by philosophy. Krishna is the Supreme Lord. Every, and then what happens is all of a sudden it's dawn. And what happens in dawn? All of a sudden, you start hearing these ankle bells in brunch. Because the, it's even in the poorest villages, people keep their wealth in silver and they have bangles on their feet. Even the village ladies, they have bangles on their feet like silver. And what to speak of, of, of the opulence? And, 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 and what are they doing in the morning? Because it's gopis. They're churning the butter. I used to have this place in Vrindavan that I would bring people with, where they would churn the, the yogurt into butter. It was like, shh, 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 shh. It's so, and, and you watch it, all of a sudden you're waiting, when is it gonna turn? And all of a sudden it starts to become golden. And then it would be separated and then they would take out the buttermilk and they would put a lemon in and they put some sugar. Then they give you the bee. Bridge bossies are amazing. I had a friend who was doing a land deal for crores of rupees with a bridge bossy in Govardhan. And the final part of the deal is he had to go to his house. And they, they, they took a scoop of butter and put it on his plate and put sugar on it. He wouldn't complete the deal unless he proved his rich bossy credentials, his devotional credentials. You have to eat butter. So he did. So they're, they're churning with the bangles and you hear the, and then what are they doing also? Immediately they begin to sing songs about Krishna. So all over brunch, what I, I, what I like, I remember I was going every morning around brunch early in the morning. And, and, and the real beauty of this early in the morning because how does Vrindavan wake up? They wake up to, to the smell of incense, all of a sudden people are worshiping to bells, to kirtans. That's the real, that's a real spiritual city waking up. It's so beautiful, even to this day. Once it starts and the, the people who get up later, they may do other things. But at the Mongol Arctic, the bells, the incense, 
the kirtan. So he, they, be, they begin to hear the kirtan and he realizes it's dawn. And then they look outside and, and the Brijbasi ladies, they see a beautiful golden chariot. They say, oh no, I know whose chariot this is. This is Kura. This is Kura who took Krishna from Vrindavan. And you know what he's doing here? He's killing us so he can use our flesh for the fire of burning Kamsa, his master. He wants to take our flesh. He wants to kill us again. He killed us once. He wants to kill us again and take our flesh and add it to the ablations of the fire of his master, that rascal. So then they see Uddhava and he looks just like Krishna and he has the garments of Krishna and he, and he looks like Krishna and they take him to a secluded place. And then Uddhava sees they just start talking about Krishna with such devotion and such love. And then they're talking like this and they're explaining it and remembering Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. It's all in the consciousness. And the bhava in the heart is expressed by the discipline of music. So when you have bhava, this kirtan, and, 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 and he's listening to these Gopi singing. Yasomati Nandana Brajabara Nagara Gokula Ranjana Kana Gopi Pranadana Matana Manahara Kaliya Dama Amala Harina He's hearing this kirtan of the gopis. And he's stunned because what Kirtan does, it takes that bhava and it makes it in sound so that when it enters into the heart of another person, then you get to experience their heart. So he starts to experience the heart of the gopis. He sees what their heart is by their Kirtan. And we can see that. We like the Kirtans. We had nice Kirtans last night. Sundar Gopal was saying, wow, 60 people, all open-hearted. They're just chanting with their hearts because there was Baba. That's what happens when Baba is expressed and there's the discipline of music, that people share the heart of the person who's singing. It's a very special experience for people because they've never heard anything like that. It's not just music. It's like King Prataparudra. He, he wanted to see the Vaishnavas were coming from Bengal and there's a place they enter into Puri and he's on the roof with his brother-in-law and so and, and, and he's on the roof with Sarvabhama Bhattacharya, the chief scholar and his brother-in-law who's Lord Chaitanya's uh, uh, devotee, Gopinathacharya. And they're looking. And if you know the history of Bengal, et cetera, the, there's thousands of kirtan groups, and you can't you can't imagine how talented they are. I was with our friend Hobby. We were in the Govardhan place, and there was a professional kirtan group. 
like in the distance. And he was like, what? He was hit the music, the talent you can't even imagine. And the dance, how they dance together and they all have their golden dhotis and, and they're so talented. So there's so many kirtan groups. But Sarvabhama Bhattacharya listened to Surupdhamadar Singh and the, the, four, the four, I think the four great singers of, of Gaur Lila, at least by the Rathayatra, are Sarup Damodar, Srivas Thakur, Mukunda, and Govinda Ghosh. He's listening to their singing. He says, what is that? I've never heard it before. He heard melody. He heard rhythm. But he never heard the bob. So when he's hearing, when Uddhav is hearing, the bob, the gopis just start spontaneously singing about Krishna. He's never heard anything like this before. And then all of a sudden he looks over and then there's this one gopi, Kechit, one special gopi, and she's talking to a bumblebee, completely mad. Because the bumblebee somehow has some kind of whiskers and there's a little color on it. And it's, oh, bumblebee, we know, we know about you. This garland, it, 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 it's, it, it, when Krishna embraced the, the, the ladies of Mantara, then the, the, the saffron musk was on the garland. Now it's on your whiskers and you're coming here. You are the un- reliable servant of an unreliable master. And then Uddhava was gone like, man, uh, this is like, because he was Sakshad, he was Sisha's uh, the direct disciple of Brihaspati, and, and because he had that experience of their singing, and he, and he had this philosophical the knowledge to understand this is not just ordinary madness. Normally, this is the this is divyanmad. This is divine madness when you're overcome with the highest levels of love. I've never seen anything like this. This type of love is exhibited. It's never exhibited. And then she goes on and on as the disappointed lover of Krishna in one jalpa prati jalpa. Nonsense talk. Talk with the, and then after that, Uddhava said, "I thought I was a devotee. I thought I was a devotee, but when I saw the love of the gopis, my pride as a devotee was crushed to dust." And then he begins to pray. That what I've seen in devotion is so exalted that it would be my greatest privilege if I was a, a little bush, grass, herb in Vrindavan, so that the dust of these feet of these gopis is on my head. That's what it means when they say. Padasevana, uh, worship the feet. It means humble service. Why? Because the feet is the one part of the body 
That's the dirtiest. You can allow your feet to step in something. Don't sit in it. And don't put your face in it. <clears throat> but your feet. <clears throat> so when you say I worship the feet, what you're saying is so exalted. The lowest part is, is the highest for me. I, I just want to worship this. And I, I'll get the mercy of just a few drops and, and some dust of this. Not even the feet, something that touched this. And it's not exaggeration. Because it's Krishna and it's Krishna's devotion. And it's the supreme devotion. And then he stays with them. And he just begins to speak Krishna Kata because, because he's supremely intelligent and he has devotion. And he's this disciple of Brihaspati and he's learned and he was with Krishna. And then he's going around Vrindavan and he's showing him all the places. And then he goes back and he explains to Krishna, oh, I forgot, what was his message? His message that pacified them is that I am there in my Baba. We are not separated from God by a physical distance. We are separated from God by consciousness. And what is that consciousness? Faith. We are separated from God only by our faith. It's not physical distance. It's consciousness. So because you have that consciousness, you're never separated from me. And in fact, I left. Because... That which was before the eyes can be far away. But that which is far away can be in your heart. I've left to, to, to come in your heart even deeper. There's no physical distance from God. It's simply consciousness. And then Uddhava comes back and he just says. And, and, and therefore... Look how expert it was who Krishna chose. You know, it's, it's like food. You know, if someone like me says, it's a great prep Prabhu, you don't know how good the prep is. I'll eat anything. Put sugar in it, milk, I'm okay. But a connoisseur, Tamal Krishna Maharaj, the gourmet guru, <clears throat> he was so particular. He had that cook, and you you love his um, his calzones. Gopal. He was trained by Tamal Krishnamar. This is how he was trained. When they served dokla, it had to be taken out of the oven three seconds before it was fully cooked. <laughs> and then it would come in the air and come on the plate. And he put his finger on it. So someone like that says, it's a great prep. And I had one time, I had a cook in Vrindavan. A Bengali cook used to work for me. He made on a codice sweet rice. And he made the grains out of potatoes fried in ghee. He was such a cook that we had a feast and, and Bhakti True was there and, and Tamal Krishnamaraj and all these connoisseurs. 
and we have Inara Tom Dastakor, Bob Johnson, my cook came out and and Jamal Krishnamarks looked up. He said, I knew one day we would ex- be experiencing the ecstasy of Chaitanya Charitamrita, but I never expected so soon. <laughs> wow. So the fact that Uddhava, who he was, and what is Krishna's desire? Again, the mind of God. And what is the mind of God? He wants to glorify his devotees. So this is our philosophy. And it's trying to inspire us to read the Bhagavatam and develop relationships and get some sambandha and understand the jewels that we have. Oh, wonderful. Um, Jai, it's 8.15. You want to leave some kirtan or, or maybe a, go a few minutes over. You have some, we'd like some uh, uh, you have any comment you'd like to make? It'd be nice. Yeah, come on. Some years ago when I was here. Come, come, come here. You can look into the. <laughs> what, what's so funny? What? What's that? You're not feeling good. No, I'm okay. Oh, no, he loves it. He loves it. Once I was a few years ago, I was here in Kali, and we were describing, you know, prema and Mahaprabhu's prema and Gopi <laughs> She she raised her hand at the end of my class and was like, "Whenever I hear you talk about prema and Mahaprabhu's prema, I become frightened." Do you remember that? I become what? I become frightened. Yeah. And it doesn't seem so desirable. And we all had a good laugh about that because the goal of life is scary. <laughs> and so hearing about the resonance of Vrindavan and their separation from Krishna, what it's doing to them, just like from conventional awareness, doesn't strike one, you know, prima facie doesn't strike one as something exactly desirable. It seems a little bit scary. So I guess my question, I, I have a question to that. How does one really access the, yeah, access the depth and the meaning and also really the beauty of this sort of devotion and separation, like this viraha bhakti? How does one access its beauty and its meaning in a way that you really want to embrace it? And it's not just like something you kind of hear about, but you're like, that's not really for me. Yeah, I'll never forget that when and when Gopi Gita was like, she was like, no, we're not about that life. <laughs> every every time <clears throat> I speak the dead canto, Jai Jagannath asks a similar question. Um, yeah, the 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 tenth canto. There are nine other cantos, and in those nine other cantos, it purifies the 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 heart and purifies the intelligence. If the heart is not purified, 
we tend to see things as mundane. Um, and if the intelligence is not purified, we tend to see things as fantastic as, as mythology. So our philosophy is, is to um, listen to things systematically and come to that point. 90% of Shastri's a, a philosophical understanding of reality. And the example that is given is if you're looking for a treasure, there's three things. Where is the treasure? How do I access it? And what is its value? The most important thing is where's the treasure? That's Sambandh again. That's called Siddha Pradesh. Siddha Pradesh means instructions that lead to perfection. Saying that, most of our teachings are by far Sambandh again. And, um, and therefore, um, when I'm saying ever personally, but I, I think there also has to be some priyogena to give inspiration. And how is it relevant? I think it touches people's hearts. I saw when, when Sindhu Gopal was explaining the different pastimes after explaining a day of Vedanta and then going to Brihad Bhagavad I think it touches people's hearts. I think they have some flavor for it because there is some attraction for it. But a very careful speaker has to make sure it's in the proper context. Generally, when I speak 10th canto, I start with, with talking about the qualification for it. I talk about the qualification for it. Um, and at a point, in speaking about the qualification, then I feel giving, following Prabhupada and giving the, the, the necessary background, then I become empowered to speak a little bit about the past. And Prabhupada also gave Krishna a book, and we try to follow his, the way Prabhupada gave Krishna a book, couch in a philosophical understanding. So I would say I'm a communicator, so I try to put it in context, and I see when people have flavor for it. But I can also see, even in your personal life, you know, you told me you have a mentor, you know, for prayer, right? And, and what is his connection? His connection with this person who really made the effort to put that flavor and, and priyogena and that flavor in, into the thing, because you always want, like, where's the taste? Where's the taste? Where's the flavor? It's relationship. So you have to hear about your beloved. So we're also following what change. So I, 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 I can appreciate it, but I, I think this is not an outside audience. This is an audience that's been here together. You know, they, they, they've been in a job period for half an hour. They're hearing philosophical content. And I think that uh, um, couched in the right way, something will stick. There's a famous story that, that Siddha Gopal here, I like to speak about Srila Narayan guru. And they told this story. There was one person in the Gaudiyamad called Narahari. And he was called the mother of the Gaudiyamad. They, they, they honored him as the highest level. He would just take care of all the sick people. So one day, someone got very, very sick. Very, very, very sick. 
And he had this killer diarrhea and it wouldn't stop. So they, they sent him with Nahari to this doctor. And the doctor gave him a medicine with ghee. And then when he got cured, and, and, and they said, well, how did, how, how did he get cured? Because she gave him something with ghee. And they said, well, something stuck, <laughs> even though some, some, so much came out. So I think, it, 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 I, I think it's also like that, you know, that when you present Krishna Kata and the beauty of Krishna's pastimes, um, I think something will stick of Krishna's beauty and just repeating the Sanskrit words, Sakha, Dayata, Krishnasya, the, the, the friend, the beloved friend of Krishna. I think that touches people's hearts. Anyway, this is a long discussion more, but are, are, are you up to doing some kirtan? You can do a little? Sure. Okay. I tried my best, Jai, to answer your question. Okay, Srila Prabhupada. Yes. Oh.